0: Thanks for tuning in to Amy on the Hill, a podcast born out of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, which says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. much for listening. I'm releasing the podcast a little early this week because of my personal schedule. My birthday is actually this week. I'm turning 38 years old, which is kind of crazy. My parents were really young when they had me. I was their first child. I think my mom was 22 years old and my dad was almost 22 when I was born. So I actually remember my parents' 30th birthday. I was eight years old when my parents turned 30, and I remember thinking that they were super old, which makes me laugh now as I am turning 38. Anyway, uh, I'm so glad you tuned in to listen today. I pray you find encouragement every time you tune into this podcast. I pray you find hope for whatever you're going through in your life, sometimes rarely, Everything in our lives is rainbows and unicorns, but usually life is complicated. Life can be really hard. So I pray as you listen in today, God somehow uses the discussion here to speak some truth and direction into your situation, into your life. Earlier today, before I even started preparing to record this episode of the podcast, I was thinking about the sovereignty of of God. Most of you are probably familiar with this attribute of God, but for those of you who might need a little clarification, what I mean by the sovereignty of God is God's absolute power and control over all circumstances. That means that nothing in our lives or in our world is outside the sovereign control of God. This is actually a difficult concept to embrace if you've never completely considered it before and that's because if nothing in our lives or in our world is outside the sovereign control of god we may wonder why so many bad things happen in our lives and in our world i remember that question being one of the very first things i struggled with as a young christian i was a college student majoring in philosophy at a secular university and for the first time I was really considering my faith as an autonomous adult outside of the influence of my parents and this question sometimes referred to as the problem of evil. Uh, This question plagued me for a little while. I wrestled with it for some time. And of course that's probably because it's not an easy question to answer. And it's not one that I intend to even attempt to answer here, at least not in this episode of the podcast, but it is a valid question. And I want to say it's not a question you should avoid asking, especially if you're coming from a place of sincere humility before God. I wouldn't advise being disrespectful in questioning God on anything, but if you don't understand something about God or God's word, I want to be the first person to encourage you in humility and sincerity. Take it to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you understand. Ask the Lord to give you faith. Don't allow your questions or doubts to drive a wedge between you and God. Wholeheartedly seek God with your questions and he will be found by you. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 promises that when we seek the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul, we will find him. When we seek the Lord with all our heart and with all our soul, we will find him. I also want to encourage you, if you're newer to the podcast, since we're winding down our book study of Crazy Love, consider working through our previous book study. This past spring, we worked through Timothy Keller's book, Jesus the King. And through that book study, we tackled difficult questions like this, questions about suffering and God's goodness and how these uh, things are reconciled. So yeah, I want to invite you to grab a copy of that book. Again, it was Jesus the King by Timothy Keller and work through that study if you haven't already. Like Crazy Love, Jesus the King is one of my favorite books and I would Highly recommend it to anyone who sincerely wants to grow in their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, The podcast discussions should also help with some of the more difficult subject matter if this is all still new to you, okay? So think about that and pray about that. Anyway, the reason I brought up the sovereignty of God, getting back to that, the reason I brought that up was to say simply that it's not a coincidence that you're listening in today. God isn't even a little bit random. He is so into the details. So as we stop to pray, as we always do at the outset of the podcast here, prepare your heart to receive whatever it is God has for you here. He might be uh, planting a seed that won't sprout right away, like maybe you're going to hear something that will prove to bear fruit at some point in the future at a time you don't even realize is coming, or maybe he wants to make something very clear to you today, something very specific to the current circumstances in your life. Whatever he has for you, is unique and whatever he has for me is unique. So in faith, let's stop and pray and ask God to work powerfully through this time in each one of our lives. Dear Lord, as always, we come to you in Jesus' name. There is no other name by which we could come. Jesus alone made a way for us, and we thank you so much for his sacrifice for us. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for your sovereign control over our lives. I want to thank you for bringing me here, for what you're currently teaching me in my life. And I want to thank you for bringing each one who is praying along right now as well. I pray blessings over that one, Lord the one who needs encouragement today, the one who feels closed off from you, the one who is tired, the one who's been hurt, the one who needs to ask for forgiveness, the one who needs direction, the one who's battling fear, the one who is having a hard time accepting your plan. Your plan just doesn't make sense. And this one needs to be reminded powerfully of your love today, Lord. Not one of these is unknown to you. Your word tells us in Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, that the very hairs on our heads are numbered. You are so familiar with us. Not one of us is just a number to you. You don't get us confused with each other. We don't all blend together in your mind. You are intimately acquainted With each one of us. Psalm chapter 139 says that you know when each one of us sits down or stands up. You know each one of our thoughts. Even when we are far away. You know when each one of us travels and when we rest at home. You know everything each individual person does. You know what each one of us is going to say before we even say it, Lord. Thank you for your care for us, Lord. Thank you that we are not invisible to you. Thank you for loving us and leading us. You don't just love us and leave us. You love us and lead us. You surround us. You go before us and come behind us. Your love and protection are all around us so we can rest even in the hard times, God, because we know you're in control and we know you love us. Please divinely Use this time to work according to your Holy Spirit in each one of our individual lives. We are so desperate for you. We definitely can't do this without you. And so we look to you now. Please meet us exactly where we are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so as you probably heard, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are winding down our book study of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. We have this week and next week, and then unbelievably, we're done our second book study. Some of you have asked me what the plan is after Crazy Love, and I'm happy to report after some thought and prayer and discussion with my husband and a few other trusted friends. I've decided to take a break from podcasting through the end of the summer. I'm going to use this time to focus on my family and my relationship with the Lord. I could honestly uh, just use a little time off for a period of refreshment. I really do enjoy this medium of communication, though, so I fully intend to continue to podcast in the fall. I'm actually uh, scheduled to facilitate a Bible study at my home church in the fall. So, in all likelihood, I will not be leading another book study here on the podcast at that time. But I do plan to release podcast episodes here and there. I don't expect my schedule to be as predictable as it has been up to this point though. What I mean is I will probably Just release podcasts as I finish them. So it won't be a weekly thing you can count on every Monday the way it has been. It it will be much more random. So admittedly, that will kind of stink. But I hope in giving myself a little more space to create, the episodes will be able to get a little more personal, hopefully even a little more interesting. I have a lot of ideas For topics and for guests I'd like to host, I think you're really going to like the content and the direction in which I believe God is leading, so... Hopefully that's good news to you. I am going to miss our weekly conversations, but God willing, I'm not gone for good. I will be back, and hopefully I'll be better than ever. So we'll see. Uh, We do still have today, though, this episode and next week's episode of our Crazy Love study. So let's not waste any more time talking shop this past week we read chapter 9 of Crazy Love entitled, Who Really Lives That Way? And out of the Bible, we read 1 John chapter 5. Who Really Lives That Way was a chapter in which Francis basically just went through and gave us many different examples of real-life people he believes live or lived radical, crazy love-motivated lives. And uh, Francis mentioned all kinds of people, some living, some who have passed on men, women, families, a church. Uh, And he talked about the ways these individual people and groups have been obedient to follow the radical call of God on their lives. After going through their stories, Francis concluded the chapter by saying, I hope these life stories have done more than encourage you. I hope they have eliminated every excuse for not living a radical, love-motivated life. I hope they have challenged the multitudes who feel called to the rich and ignore the poor. If biblical examples seem unattainable, hopefully these average, everyday people give you hope that you too can live a life worth writing about. Okay, so I wonder, is that true for you? Did these stories that Francis gave us of these real life people, did these stories do more than encourage you? Have they eliminated every excuse for not living a radical, love-motivated life? I'm gonna be honest with you, for me, not so much. (laughs) I wish I could say every excuse of mine has been eliminated, but I am still struggling with this. I am still processing through all of this with God. Uh, Anyone else, (laughs) anyone else? Someone please tell me I'm not alone in this. Skipping ahead a bit here, because I did read chapter 10 already, I can tell you Francis himself admitted it's hard even for him to discern how to live his life, and for that reason, he says he can't tell you if God wants you to quit your job and move to another city or another country, because frankly, God has created us all for different purposes. He's given us different gifts and called us to different areas in ministry. We will obviously talk more about that next week, but I did want to mention that to you in case, like me, you found the real-life examples from our reading encouraging and inspiring, but you also still kind of felt conflicted and confused. So if that's the case, if you too are still processing through everything, I hope you're encouraged to know you're not alone in that. Many of you know I'm a lawyer. I haven't practiced law in almost 10 years. I retired when I had my first daughter. But when I did practice, whenever I'd have a case, in order to win my case, I would look at past cases for precedent. I wanted to find cases that had factual patterns that were similar to or distinguishable from the case I was trying in order make the argument that my case should be decided in a certain way. And I felt like, when I was reading these real life examples, I was kind of approaching them that way, like they were cases, and I was comparing and contrasting each one to my own life, like, okay, that person did this, I'm different from that person for this reason, this then doesn't apply to me, or, you know, okay, this person's circumstances are similar to mine. I guess that means God wants me to do the same thing that person did. But no, that isn't necessarily true with God. We do want to imitate those who imitate Christ, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 but we are not carbon copies of each other. We are unique to time, space, abilities, influence, all kinds of factors. So this isn't just a simple formula. As I said last week, maybe this is one of those things that we're never supposed to be comfortable with. Maybe the tension we're feeling is part of it. Maybe maybe that's intentional. Maybe it's something uh, that we constantly needs a place before the Lord, giving him full access to it, always making it available to be evaluated and re-evaluated as we individually walk according to the Spirit. Based on <laughs> my skipping ahead and reading chapter 10, I actually already have uh, a general idea of what God would have us discuss on our very last Crazy Love podcast, next week, but I don't think we're going to have time to discuss one of the statements that stood out to me in chapter 10. So even though it's jumping ahead a bit, I thought it would be uh, good to at least start to discuss this statement now. We're probably going to finish it up next week. But uh, again, since our reading this past week just focused on personal stories and otherwise didn't get into material, we could break down and analyze as usual, Um, I thought it would be good uh, to to discuss this one statement from chapter 10 that really stood out. The statement that I'm referring to, uh, you'll read it this week, is something that Francis said, trying harder doesn't work for me. Slowly I've learned to pray for God's help, and he has become my greatest love and desire. Trying harder doesn't work for me. Slowly, I've learned to pray for God's help, and he has become my greatest love and desire. That statement stood out to me because, wow, let me tell you, that statement has been true for me, too. Trying harder doesn't work for me. Slowly, I've learned to pray for God's help, and he has become my greatest love and desire. Anyone out there tired of trying harder? (laughs) Let me tell you, I've been there. I have been there, I've left there, I've returned there, I've left again. (laughs) I'm also slowly learning that trying harder doesn't work for me. I'm also learning to pray for God's help, that He would, by a work of His Spirit in me, become my greatest love and desire. Uh, It's been a process and continues to be a process for me, and I wanted to talk about a specific teaching incident God used relating to this process uh, with you before we finish up today. I was joking with a friend recently that I don't know if I've already told half the stories I tell because I feel like I tell the same stories over and over. The stories in my life are The stories that have shaped me. I'm sure that's true of all of us, and that's especially true for me relating to my faith. So, if you've heard this one before, I apologize. It's possible I shared it on the podcast before. Uh, Again, I'm not sure I tell this one a lot, but that's because it's just one of those stories that is so significant in my faith walk with God, and maybe it will minister to some of you listening. So, I want to share it again here. uh, Now, Okay, so basically, this idea of trying harder, remember Francis said, trying harder doesn't work for me. Well, I was there myself. I had tried so dang hard, it makes me feel sad even to think about it, just thinking about myself back then. I really wanted uh, to do right. I really wanted to please God and the people in my life, but I didn't succeed in my efforts if you can imagine the momentum with which I was trying take that momentum and apply it to a colossal crash and burn because I basically fell down with the same force with which I was trying my hardest not to fall it was a really tough thing to go through Uh, after everything I basically decided The best thing to do was to kind of just compartmentalize my faith. I didn't entirely lose faith. I just decided to keep it to myself and to keep it on the side of everything else I had going on in my life. I figured, you know, my failures must have been such an embarrassment to God. I loved him and I didn't want to give him a bad reputation. So I figured he'd probably prefer me to watch from the sidelines. And so that's what I did. I did my life pretty much my way with a side order of religion. And that was it. I thought it was probably best for everyone. Uh, It was during that time in my life that I finished up college. I went to law school. I met my husband. I got my first real job. We bought our first house. And then I had my first child. I know I've shared before how significant it was for me to become a mother um, for whatever reason. And God uses all kinds of things, different things in different people's lives uh, to work in their lives and to grow them in their relationships with him. Uh, But in my life, God powerfully used motherhood to make me intensely aware of my lack of control which ultimately scared me more than I'd ever been scared of anything in my life. Uh, And through this, God began to draw me back into a closer relationship with him. He started to heal some of those old wounds. He began to teach me truth through his word. For the first time in my life, I started really reading the Bible and learning doctrine. I started praying and reprioritizing the way I lived my life. Everything started to change and i remember this moment when i knew god was asking me to fully recommit to whatever call he had on my life without reservation without the side order of religion without separating my real life from my faith he wanted everything and he didn't want me to keep quiet about it anymore He was not ashamed of me and he didn't want me to be ashamed of him. I remember so vividly a moment when I finally got down on my hands and knees on my bedroom floor. I was all alone. I don't know where my husband and my daughter were, but I was alone in my room and I got down on my face to pray. I remember praying basically something like, okay, Lord. I'm yours. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I need to be completely clear with you on this up front. I can't do this. I can't do any of this, Lord. You know that. I already tried this and I crashed and burned. So if you want me to do it, if you want me to do this thing with you, you're going to have to be the one to do it in me. Because I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. Okay, I'll finish that story up for you next week. In the meantime, if you haven't read chapter 10 of Crazy Love, go ahead and finish up the book this week. And while you're at it, go ahead and read both Second John and 3 John as well. Second and Third John are not super long books of the Bible, so it will not be difficult at all to finish both of those books in one week. As you know, next week will be our final Crazy Love episode of the podcast. There won't be any new podcast episodes over the summer, but God willing, I do intend to return to podcasting in the fall. Since I've already committed to facilitating a ladies' Bible study at my church in the fall, it's unlikely I'll be leading another book study on here in the fall. I think we'll probably do future book studies here on the podcast at some point. But I've been sensing a slightly different direction for the podcast in the future. As I mentioned, I hope to have more guests I have a few ideas for different topics of discussion. So I think despite the schedule changes, there are some other really good things in store. I also wanted to say for those of you who live in the southern New Jersey area, if you're interested in participating in Bible study this fall, please reach out. I can pass along the information for the Bible studies at my church including the Bible study I'm going to be facilitating if you'd like to join that class. Uh, As always, in order to get in touch with me, you can contact me at amyonthehill.com or on the Amy on the Hill Facebook page or on Instagram or Twitter under the handle AmyBXHill. That's A-M-Y-B-X-H-I-L-L. Okay, so with that being said, I want to close, as always, by speaking over you the blessing of the benediction from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. So please, in faith, receive this benediction as a personal blessing on your life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.